I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome into the program. It's spreading across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. I'm Richard, your host, one of your hosts out here in Las Vegas. Your other host is on the East Coast out in Boston, Josh Applebaum. Josh, good afternoon. Rich, good afternoon, my man. Happy Wednesday, big day today. We got a ton of MLB games, a lot of sharp line moves to talk about. Still grinding MLB on a daily basis, Rich, of course. But uh, hey, we're only a day away from the opening game here for the NFL season, so we'll keep an eye on obviously the line movement and some system matches here for uh, the Bucks and the Cowboys. But Rich, I got to tell you, we got a lot to get to today because I'm seeing line moves for Week One NFL. Okay. Seeing a lot of college football. The board for college football to me, it's like one of those puzzles, Rich, where you kind of shake at the beginning and kind of kind of fuzzy and then each day gets a little clearer. So there's a few games uh, I'd love to sit on with you today. We'll talk to our buddy Adam Burke, of course. But, Pritch, how you feeling? Big Wednesday ahead. I'm excited to break down some some sharp line moves. Oh, man, I'm edgy. I'm edgy. We got football right around the corner. I mean, it started for me last week uh, with college football, but, of course, it continues uh, with tomorrow's big game, the lifter of the National Football League. But uh, I'm edgy because of I know the speed of the game, right, Josh? So you have off-season OTA speed, then you have training camp speed, and then you have preseason speed. And then you ramp it up. Now you go from, what, 30 miles an hour to 100 miles an hour, right? Uh, so Curtis Samuel, how about this news? Curtis Samuel pulled up on a route in practice, is on the sideline working with trainers. That was earlier today. Um, do you have a panic meter on this one for the Washington football team? Yeah, so obviously there's a guy you give a lot of money to and you're really hoping to, you know, kind of pair someone with Terry McLaurin. You know McLaurin's your number one, but can you get someone on the other side that can kind of take a little bit of the pressure off him? So I am a little bit worried there. Again, we'll see how this develops. You know, you kind of uh, feel like you overreact to any kind of injury early, but is it something that maybe you can get over, hopefully, if you're if you're a football team fan? Now, Pritch, I'm, I'm big on the over eight and a half win total for Washington. I think okay. it's a team... We talk about Fitz Magic all the time. You know, will he lead the league in interceptions? You know, the prop bet is up there as one of the favorites to do that. But I just think not asking him to do too much, and he's been on previous teams. He's played for pretty much every team, Rich. He's been a gunslinger. He's tried to put up a ton of points. I think he kind of knows as a veteran on a one-year deal, I got a great defense. I don't have to do too much here. I can manage the game, not take too many chances. But to me, Rich, the eight, eight and a half, depending on where you're looking at, I, I would I would lean there. I think this is the best, one of the best defenses in the NFL. Right. in a wide open division here so i'd lean on that a little bit um obviously you want samuel to be okay but really high on gibson uh, as a young running back here as well and of course that defense it all starts and ends there but Rich, let me just throw this at you real quick we're mm -hmm. talking wft i'm looking at that chargers washington football week one matchup uh and it looks like this is becoming a little sharper for washington you know uh, it's a public play for the chargers chargers to me are one of the top public 
kind of summer teams that everyone's really high on. We talked about their win total, nine and a half, maybe going under there because so much love and might maybe, might might they be uh, overvalued here as one of those trendy teams, kind of like the Browns we saw that first year with Odell a few summers ago. Uh, but I noticed that at one point, uh, Pritch, when I was on vacation, that was like Chargers minus one across right. the board. We're still showing minus one, but now, Pritch, I'm seeing pickums across okay. the board. So it looks like Washington in a contrarian spot at home, kind of a dog low total type system match. We know dogs are great week one, 55% ATS the last decade. I think if you can find a one, I don't know if one and a half was ever available. It looks like the football team getting a point, maybe a pickum, maybe a money line play. I'm leaning toward Washington here in this matchup. You know, if you're looking for extra information on this situation, Nikki Javala from the Athletics, she's an excellent follow on Twitter. They have video. They have video, Josh. Uh, and so I'm looking at the video of Samuel, uh, and it was like a warm-up. It wasn't even like a drill. It was, it was like a warm-up uh, situation for wide receivers. And he made a route. It was like a slant and go. He's got this growing injury, right? So uh, he immediately pulled off his helmet and walked over to the sidelines. So I think he re-aggravated that growing situation. And I don't know what his situation is going to be for the game for sure. But if you want to diagnose this as a better, uh, Nikki Javala is an excellent follow right there on Twitter. Yeah, I think it's a great point by you, Pritch. So a couple things, you know, obviously the betting market hasn't like moved all the way to Chargers minus one and a half. I don't know if a player, I'm a big fan of Samuel, but I don't think he affects the line to okay. that degree. Um, but I would say the total, you know, a lot of 45 openers. I'm seeing some 44 and a halfs right now. Could this be a lower scoring game? Maybe you kind of lose an offensive weapon there like Samuel. Maybe that uh, benefits uh, kind of both uh, defense, uh, defensive type situation, losing uh, mm -hmm. a weapon like that. So maybe lean to the under a bit. It looks based on the market movement that this Samuel injury, you hope, you know, with my, my overwin total and just being yep. a fan or trying to sweat Washington, that this isn't a lingering thing. You always hate those non-contact injuries. It's not a knee. Yeah. Like I remember Wes Welker blew out his knee. It was a non-contact. Those are kind of the worst. Um, but a groin, maybe you re-aggravate it. Maybe he misses some time. But let's hope uh, long-term that he's okay. It's Betting Across America, and we are presented by Betham Jim. I'm Mike Pritchard, one of your hosts here in Las Vegas, your other host out on the East Coast, uh, Josh Applebaum. Uh, the Curtis Samuel situation pulling up uh, before practice really even started. Started, uh, is highlighting the show today a little bit here uh, because, you know, there's injury information. Certainly he's got an injury history. He was a receiver that came over, a well-paid guy, uh, familiarity with uh, Coach Rivera. I love the quote from uh, Ron Rivera, too, here. Uh, it's, it's one of confidence. If it's, it's like Yvonne Drago from Rocky. Uh, if Curtis plays, great. If he doesn't, great. <laughs> because we have a lot of confidence uh, in the other guys. Like, uh, if, if he dies, he dies. That kind of thing, right? But if Curtis plays, he's great. But if he doesn't play, he doesn't play, uh, then Ron Rivera is still confident in his troops out there. Yeah, and I think, Pritch, he's taking a play from the Belichick playbook. Uh, <laughs> right. It is what it is, one of right. the most overused phrases always. But I think it's a mentality you got to have. Obviously, it's a guy you really liked in free agency. You gave a lot of money to, again, you're trying to find, you know, your your 1B to your 1A of, of Terry McLaurin here. Uh, but, again, it's next man up. Football is a violent sport. Injuries happen all the time. Pritch, isn't it someone, uh, I don't know, the great philosopher, I don't know who, who it was, but football is a 100% injury rate sport. 100%. It happens to everybody. <laughs> yeah, so I think you just got to roll with it. And I think Rivera kind of setting the tone like, like, hey, guys, we want everyone good to go, but realistically, injuries are going to happen. It's next man up. I kind of like that tone that Rivera is setting there, just saying, hey, it'd be great if we have him, but if not, we're still looking to win this game. It's also a mentally tough business, too, Josh. you got to be mentally tough uh, to play this game uh, for sure. So Chris Godwin, he was limited in Tuesday's practice with a quad situation. Uh, you know, he's one of those players that has these injuries uh, throughout his career, and you, know, you never know what his status is going to be, but something to keep an eye on as we approach this game. 
Yeah, definitely something to keep an eye on here, Pritch. I think Godwin, and you can tell Brady, you know, I'm like one of those uh, those like stilted lovers or whatever you say. You look at the X, I look at Brady's Instagram feed all the time, Pritch, as a Patriots fan now right, that he's right. gone. But yeah, uh, stalker. he's been pumped. Exactly. <laughs> a little bit of a stalker, yeah, a stage five clinger. But, uh, Pritch, I would say uh, Brady's big on Godwin. He seems to post about him a lot. He really wants him uh, to pump his tires a bit and kind of get him going. So, obviously, if you're Brady, this is a guy that you're depending on who's been injured. But uh, what are they, franchise tag? Kim Pritch or gave him a new deal. I know they uh, maybe it was a one-year sort of thing, but I think it's a guy you're banking on. But I, I would lean to kind of what we talked about Derek Hardy with earlier in the week. You know, everyone's going to look at prop bets with the with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Give me the over Evans, the over Godwin, the main guys. But I think what Derek Hardy mentioned and again and a couple players that we've highlighted, Antonio Brown. You talked about Bruce Arian saying he's really been uh, you know the best he's seen him in a long time, mm-hmm. year two in the system. Hopefully these legal troubles are behind him. And then Rob Gronkowski, a guy that has such a uh, incredible rapport with Brady, playing so long, kind of close your eyes and you know where Gronk is. Uh, those would be the players that I would target overall if you're looking for some of these overs for receptions, receiving yards. Not the big name guys but maybe you're antonio browns and gronk but pritch i'm looking at this line here pretty much eight across the board still you right. know a lot of these openers were six and a half now it's up to eight my question is as we get closer to, to tomorrow night do do any eight and a half pop do you see any lines get back down to seven and a half uh, to me the late movement is really meaningful we all know that this is a public play toward tampa bay and from our buddy john ewing he had some great stats that we mentioned yesterday when you are a super bowl winner next year week one uh, since 1996, you're 18 and three straight up. You're 13, six and two against the spread. So kind of uh, rolling with these teams coming off a big Super Bowl win has been profitable in Week One. On the flip side, we talk about the loser, which is good news for uh, if you want to sweat the Cleveland Browns with me, Pritch. I'm on them waiting for the hook six and a half. But the Super Bowl loser Week One the next year since '96, eight and 13 uh, straight up, four and 17 ATS. But I think with this one, Pritch, again, late movement. Where does it go? Uh, to me, if you're betting the Bucks, you're getting the worst of it. You miss the six and a half. If you missed the seven, I can't stomach, and they could roll in this one, win by 14, but I can't stomach laying an eight when you're with the public and getting the worst of the number. To me, all these system matches, even though it's disgusting, would be with the Cowboys here. We talk about dogs. We talk about inflated dogs, even better, around 57% ATS. So uh, I'll probably be waiting to see, can I get an eight and a half? How high can it go? Right. But again, if you start to see it fall to seven and a half, maybe that's the indication you want to see that late buyback there. Uh, and also with the total pitch, Looks like maybe there was some over money. I know it was like 51 up to like 51 and a half, 52. But that's just rough for me, too, because these week one games, typically you see an edge toward the unders a little bit. It's not as big as dogs, but like 53% week one, just in terms of the offense uh, being behind the defense. It's all about timing, right. defense, a little head offense, that sort of thing. But again, the next move to me, does it go up to eight and a half? Does it get down to seven and a half? That's going to be very meaningful leading up to tomorrow night. You know, you can back the Cowboys here. I mean, it's a nice number, uh, plus eight if you want, but I've seen chatter and I've seen betters talk about this as a tease candidate, too, with the Buccaneers. Uh, Josh, I'll have to tell you, with that total, 51.5, too, I love the confidence emanating away from uh, out of uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers here when they talk about Mike Evans uh, and the fact that they're light years ahead and he feels pretty confident. Uh, Bruce Arians, B.A., talking about Antonio Brown is playing at a speed um, he hasn't saw about four or five years ago. So uh, B.A., Bruce Arians, he's familiar with Antonio Brown. Remember, Antonio Brown didn't come until later on in a year and really fit in with that offense. But here you have a situation where B.A. was his offense coordinator to start Antonio Brown's career. Uh, and so even if Godwin is banged up, uh, you have everybody coming back, the continuity aspect, Tom Brady's healthy. It could Antonio Brown be that added dimension or a secret weapon here uh, that we just don't know what the limits are yet. 
I think you're totally right, Rich. And again, you know, what you're looking at with Antonio Brown is finally some continuity, some consistency. Like, this is a guy, you know, you look the last few years, you know, if you go, if you go back to his Pittsburgh days, mm-hmm. I remember playing fantasy football. He was your number one wide receiver for right. at least, felt like a decade, Pritch, every single week. Gets through the legal stuff. Big deal with, uh, you know, with the Raiders. Remember that thing with his helmet, with hard knocks? He didn't, he didn't like his helmet. <laughs> he had to switch it up. There are all these issues. Sure. Then he gets in legal troubles. He's in, in trouble with the law. He goes to the Patriots, then gets cut. All this up-in-the-air stuff with Antonio Brown. Finally, you know, you win a Super Bowl. Brady vouched for you. You kind of made good on that. But now you have an opportunity later in your career where you finally get an off-season in the same uh, playbook, you know, year two in the same system. Obviously, working with Arians earlier in his career with Pittsburgh. Those are the factors that I think might give you a little confidence in Antonio Brown moving forward. So, again, targeting uh, his, his over-receiving yards. Maybe as a, you know, if you play DFS, Daily Fantasy, if he, uh, he's probably a cheap option here, mm-hmm. especially if Godwin's going to be uh, going to be hurt here but one thing i would mention to you pritch you bring up a great point we don't have to always look at the exact number like you're not locked into either oh i have to take tampa bay right. minus eight or cowboys plus eight great point by you sharp as attack is this teaser opportunity because I'm not a huge fan of teasers in general, but a lot of pros love going through two key numbers. Mm-hmm. So if you take the Bucks minus eight, six point teaser down to minus two, that's really your, your best spot overall because what can happen there is you go through the seven, you go through the three. Now if Tampa, you know, if they roll, it doesn't matter. You say like, why didn't I lay the points anyway? But they win by seven, they win by three, your top two key numbers, you cover that minus two. And I can tell you, Pritch, a lot of people I respect are, are kind of uh, using this teaser opportunity with the Bucks down to minus two, and then with the Rams, seven and a half down to minus one and a half. Those are, I think, going to be your most popular teasers of this weekend. Yeah, I mean, first game of the year is always a great unknown. Uh, we, we can speculate and, and feel like we're experts on things, but it's still the great unknown, even for the teams. Uh, as they travel and getting ready for this game tomorrow. Uh, Josh, by the way, wide receivers redefine uh, the definition of diva each and every year. You know that, right? <laughs> it's so true. Sure. But you weren't a diva when you played. You were uh, a tough guy. Maybe. No finesse. Yeah. <laughs> I will not confirm or deny uh, whether or not I was a diva. Uh, Carson Wentz, a full participant uh, at practice today. He will play in week one. We, we kind of knew that. I mean, um, when he came back so quickly from this injury, surgery, Ursay talked about we're not going to rush him back. Yes, you are. <laughs> but he's still a high-risk player, though, Josh. And, I mean, this is a quarterback that could get hurt at any moment. And whether he's rolling out and nobody touches him, like what happened in training camp, or uh, if he does have a collision or two out there on the field. Yeah, you're totally right, Pritch. And don't get me started with what we had to go through with the Aaron Rodgers stuff, the Carson Wentz stuff. I feel like during the summer, we like had multiple shows just on those two players here. But um, I would say just in terms of this week one line, Seattle at the Colts, mm-hmm. I'll be I'll be buying low on the Colts here, Pritch. This okay. is a plus three play for me if you can find it. I know there's two and a halfs out there. It looks like it's coming back down a little bit. But this would be, uh, number one, a really contrarian spot. You have almost three out of four bets on Russell Wilson laying uh, you know, a key number of three on the road. To me, this is kind of that inflated line spot. Everybody's on Seattle. You walk into a bar. Everyone's got a Russell Wilson jersey here for this game, Pritch. Uh, but the Colts are kind of in that buy low spot. And, you know, if you just look in general, you know, plus three home dogs. And, again, we're showing two and a half, but I do see some threes out there that are like plus three, minus 115. So, you know, we talked yesterday about the Houston Texans trying to get the three before maybe it falls to two and a half. I think you're in the same spot with the Colts. But one inflated line match would be, you know, if you're looking at week one dogs uh, getting at least a point off the opener where the line isn't moving in, in their favor, it's going against them. You're kind of buying low on a big move. Like think of it this way, Pritch, you're laying minus three, minus two and a half with Seattle here. Yeah, two and a half, you're off the key number. They win by three, you cover. But, you know, they open plus three. This was a, an opener of, of Colts. 
Colts minus three. Now it's completely flipped. To me, the only opportunity here would be buying low on the Colts plus three at home before this thing maybe comes back down. But those inflated line spots, getting a point or more off the opener, 57% ATS uh, for those inflated line dogs in week one. So what do you think, Pritch? Good defense. What do we get from Carson Wentz? I don't know, but if you're giving me Colts plus three contrarian at home off a really really inflated number, to me, it's a value play. Something you mentioned, uh, I expect defenses to kind of be improved from what we saw last year to start the season. Uh, and here's why, because a preseason, I mean, uh, or training camp or, or joint practices. Like last year, I talked to so many defensive players and coaches, Josh, that like, okay, we, they were behind eight ball. They could not really rep or play full speed and they had to play catch up at the beginning of the year uh, because of the COVID situation. But now they feel like they had preparation here. And so uh, you can scout, you can certainly put together a tendency book. And I think defenses are going to kind of like what we saw in college football with unders. I think defenses are going to come out the gate uh, a little quick uh, this year. And then the situation on the other side with the quarterback that could be underprepared with this new team. Yes, the system, I get it. He's familiar with it, but is he familiar with players and the nuance of the game that's going to happen out there? Yeah, I think it's a great point by you, Pritch, because what have we seen, you know, historically when it comes to week one, going against the public can be very profitable mm-hmm. because everyone's thirsty for football. They want to bet favorites. They want to bet home teams. They want to bet overs. They want to parlay at all. These are the tendencies that obviously the odds makers know, and they can shade these lines the other way. So bucking that trend, looking at dogs, looking at unders, you know, uh, I've been doing this for, you know, over a decade now, Pritch. Yep. And and really that's a consistent, you know, death taxes and, and dogs and unders in week one. It, it's not, you're not going to win every time, but you know, dogs are like, 55% ATS, you know, unders think you're like 53%. So you're, you're profitable in both of these situations, but it's a great point by you, you know, in the preseason, you know, that final week three, I think uh, overs kind of roared back a little bit, but first two weeks, a ton of unders college football, a ton of unders to me, this is the time of year where uh, again, targeting these, these situations where offense is all about timing. And if, if you, if you're kind of up against it, new players getting acclimated, your defenses really kind of have an upper hand there. So, uh, you know, going contrarian looking at unders to me that's that's and you're not going to bet every single under but that's just something in your back pocket that you can keep in mind when you're kind of handicapping each total on the board right and home field advantage perhaps for the Colts uh, did shows with Wes Reynolds while you were on vacation uh, and I asked him about home field advantage these days because when I was in the league and we played in that dome or that stadium uh, there was no home field advantage. <laughs> there was no home field advantage at all. And, and, and that was, you know, right at the beginning of uh, Peyton Manning for sure. But uh, these days, I would imagine, you know, after Andrew Luck, now you got Carson Wentz. How, how excited is that fan base going to be? And could there be a home field advantage in this one? Yeah, I think that's one of the big questions that we want to answer here in this NFL season. You know, we were all kind of uh, doing it for the first time last year. It was totally (laughs) weird, you know, with the COVID stuff and the lack of fans in the stands. And I think one thing we saw just in general is a lot of those road dogs did very well. If you're getting, you know, six points, uh, you know, a short road dog plus six or less, I think those dogs were like 54% last year ATS, which was really good. Uh, But again, now that fans are back, I think this does provide a little more edge to home field advantage. You know, typically you always hear people say it's three points. Points in general, of course, you can adjust it a little more, a little less, depending on the stadium, depending on the crowd noise. You know, Arrowhead and you know Century Link and these stadiums can be very, very beneficial. Talk about Denver with the altitude, right? But Pritch, I gotta say, you know, with the Colts and uh, you know, there's a terrible game. I remember I was in college. I was I was a sophomore at UVM and the Colts were up or the Patriots were up like 24 to three in the first half. Remember that game that they lost there at the end of Peyton Manning mm-hmm. and Brady always said they piped in the noise right. and it was like really hard to hear. 
crowd noise, stuff like that. To me, if you're a plus three home dog and now you're getting fans back in the stands, it's not going to be the only reason I bet you, but I'll put it in my back pocket and say, hey, maybe uh, maybe that that good defense from the Colts and that mm-hmm. crazy crowd noise will maybe cause some offsides, false starts, something like that. Uh, I think it's something we got to monitor moving forward. Maybe home field is better this year than it was last year. I don't think you're going out on much of a limb saying that. Yeah, I think the Colts outed Tom Brady in the deflate, deflate gate. <laughs> So now Tom Brady's trying to play it back with the piping in the noise right there. Uh, so here, I almost pulled the trigger on this bet. Uh, the Ravens and the Raiders, Monday night football here in Las Vegas. Uh, still got a line, the Raiders catching four points. Uh, but I wanted to get your insight uh, whether or not this market could move at all, Josh. The Ravens signed running back Le'Veon Bell to their practice squad. ESPN's Adam Schefter uh, reports that Baltimore is likely to elevate Bell to their active roster soon. Yeah, I think Bell, so number one, I'm surprised he's still, uh, you know, that's kind of a, a good pickup, a guy off the street. Obviously, mm-hmm. we'll have to see what he has left here. But, uh, you know, Gus Edwards, you've got all these injuries, Dobbins and all these other players. So, again, I think you're picking up Bell. Maybe you can expect a little bit from him. I wonder if Latavius Murray, too, Pritch, that was kind of a surprise cut. Maybe right. he joins Baltimore as well. I think that would be a perfect fit. But in terms of this game, uh, you know, Vegas, the, the Baltimore Ravens at Vegas, Give me Vegas here, Pritch. I really like this spot here for the Raiders. This is a Monday Night Football game. Mm-hmm. Most, And we all know betting against the public is the best in these most heavily bet games, primetime games, your Thursday nights, your Sunday nights, your Monday nights. Everybody's betting Baltimore here, thinking it's an easy win, a great team, Lamar Jackson. They'll roll over Oakland, or sorry, uh, Vegas. I'll keep doing that, Pritch. I'll keep calling <laughs> it by the wrong name. But, uh, but with Vegas here... I would look for a four and a half. Okay. I think this is one of those games where uh, you can shop around. We're showing four on our Visa odds page mm-hmm. right now, but I do see some hooks available there. And what I like is, you know, open minus four Ravens. It's really lopsided in a heavily bet game. Three out of four bets are betting Baltimore. Right. Oddsmaker said, hey, we'll go to four and a half, but now they're coming back down to four. If you can find a hook four and a half, I'd be looking at Vegas here with kind of a really contrarian primetime spot. Well, Raider Nation is global. They're going to hit these books when they get here. I- I've seen tweets from all over the world of Raider Nation coming to town for this game. I- they're going to hit these books, Josh. Yeah, they're going to grab the four and a half, Pritch. We better jump on that soon. That thing's coming down to four. <laughs> yeah, so that's why I wanted your insight. Uh, great job right there. Yeah, I almost uh, almost put the bet down, but I didn't yet, uh, do it yet. But uh, certainly contemplating that. Uh, more news and notes that could affect your bet. That's coming up next. It's the perfect time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada, the premier sports betting app. BetMGM is all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Just download the app, stop by any MGM casino on the Strip, have that state-issued ID, open an account, start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love the technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be at least 21 and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem, 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back to the program. It's Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum with you today. And Josh, some news and notes that could affect your bet. Uh, We know a big game uh, in the AFC East, Miami and New England. Uh, Miami put out on their official Twitter account their captains. 
and noticeably missing was Tua, the quarterback. He was not voted captain by his teammates. Um, I, I think this is something we need to focus on and talk about here because I, I don't know if this is a bad sign or if this is a tactic because sometimes coaches can interfere with the vote. As players, we knew that too. Like, wait a minute, you're not a captain? I thought you were going to be captain. But the coaches could interfere, maybe trying to motivate certain players, right? But uh, I think this is something to pay attention to, the fact that this football team did not vote their quarterback to captain. Yeah, I think it's definitely uh, kind of notable. And by the way, Michael Lombardi, if you're listening, I uh, hope you're okay with this because I know you love Tua and I know it's a personal <laughs> affront that Tua uh, wasn't voted a captain here. Uh-oh. So I don't, don't want to stir it up too much. But um, stir it, you know, stir Pritch, it. I would, I'll stir it a little bit. Yeah, I'll, I'll be the straw stir in this drink. But um, Pritch, I would say here, you know, number one, uh, it's kind of supposed to be what? Kind of like a secret straw poll. You know, you, you make your vote. But what if Flores is, is trying to, you know, manipulate things a little bit? Same mm-hmm. with Tua. We love you, but you got to prove it. That sort of thing. Right. You know, it's notable to me that you did have a lot of expatriates voted captains for the Dolphins. I know it was uh, Landon Roberts, uh, Jason McCourty, so it's kind of like notable there, but um, just tells me that with Tua, the jury is still out on Tua. Even his teammates, the jury's still out. You know, uh, I don't want to compare him to Cam Newton. I think he's he's definitely better than Cam, but you know, you had a lot of, um, you know, players in New England kind of saying like, you know, Cam's a legend, but he can't really throw the ball that great. He can't push it downfield. Is there something with Tua now where, you know, he's a really athletic player, you, you love him, but um, he's got to win over his teammates still and, and or is he just too young that sort of thing so i don't know if we're looking too deep into it but i would say pritch you know this number for the the dolphins at patriots week one mm-hmm. 425 game this is really kind of on the razor's edge it keeps going back and forth okay. two and a half and three so it's definitely a public play toward the patriots about two-thirds of bets are on new england a lot of these books open two at minus two two and a half a lot of these numbers got up to the key number of minus three so it did look like the patriots at two and a half kind of were uh you know a, a play that some wise guys targeted but i got to admit a lot of buyback on dolphins plus three and if you if you can get that three and the whole thing to me is you know uh depending on your perception of this game if you like new england you got to get the two and a half if you like the dolphins you got to get the three that's why these key numbers are so important right. you know patriots win by three you want the two and a half and you win if dolphins lose by three you need the three and you push that one but i would say when it got to three there has been buyback i'm seeing a lot of books that are now plus three at minus 115 for miami kind of telling you that this thing may get back down to two and a half um pritch you know i'm a patriots fan i can't wait to see mac jones in this spot but i would say there are a lot of system matches here on the dolphins the biggest one being divisional dogs divisional dogs in week one are really your go-to spot the last decade they're 38 and 18 against the spread that's a 68 percent cover rate so again your perception of the game either on or off the key number these are things we always got to keep in mind i want to know where does this close you know does it get down to two and a half if, if it's two and a half painted that's going to tell me that there's some dolphins money coming in i don't think it's going to get to three and a half to me it's going to be either two and a half or three uh, for this afc showdown well i thought coach flores was trying to empower his quarterback by saying we want high character guys and two is our quarterback and you know on the heels of the Deshaun Watson rumors and uh, coming from the front office or the ownership who might want to make that trade that has died down. So you are coach Flores. You have the power to interfere with the vote. I mean, <laughs> wouldn't you name Tua the, a captain and say hey, the players voted? I mean, if you were trying to empower this quarterback fully, wouldn't you do that? Because last year, I think it was up in the air whether or not the players believed in, in Tua as a quarterback. Uh, And so if you have a wait-and-see approach going into this year, uh, that can be problematic, uh, to say the least here. 
I think it can be, Pritch. You know, you name a, a captain, it shows he's got a lot of faith in him. But I also think Flores, you know, he's a tough guy. Grew up in Brooklyn. He mm -hmm. was a defensive coordinator for the Patriots, but he didn't get the title. I remember after Patricia left, it was really Flores, but he didn't get the credit. Maybe he's just with Tua. Tough love. You know, I'm not going to just hand over this to you. You got to earn it. Uh, maybe that's kind of the strategy that Flores is employing okay. here. Okay, well, he's a starter. <laughs> I mean, he kind of earned it. Uh, he's not the backup. I mean, like, what does he need to earn to get to be the leader? Because, look, quarterbacks, they need the, the fellas on the field to fight for him. Uh, they need the players on the field to believe in him. And if he's not the ultimate leader, I mean, if you got Clayton Fedulum as a captain, I mean, wait a minute, are you going to rally behind him? Uh, which I don't know what position he plays, by the way. <laughs> when we continue to program, Steph, our producer, her generosity uh, ceases to amaze me, Josh. She's going to give us each $100 to bet on the number one seed AFC NFC. That's coming up. With football season right around the corner, it's the perfect time for you to get into the VSIN Pro Football Betting Guide. The guide is only $19.99 and available right now. Our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus best bets on season win totals, divisional finishes, and player awards. You can also sign up for VSIN All Access and get everything we offer for the entire football season. Sign up now at vsin.com slash subscribe. Welcome back to the program, Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum with you. So, Josh, we each got 100 bucks from Stephanie. How about that? Happy about that, too. So, we got the number one seed uh, bets that we can bet on here. NFC Conference, I'll start first. Uh, the Buccaneers, uh, this is the number one seed in the NFC this year. Buccaneers plus 160. The Seahawks plus 800, the Packers 10 to 1. I did skip the Rams plus 350 and the 49ers plus 350 because those are my three. So I'm going to spread up, spread out this uh, $100. Um, $70 on the Buccaneers plus 160. $15 on the Seahawks plus 800. And the Packers 10 to 1 gets the other $15. And here's why. Those are three Hall of Fame quarterbacks. And I'm, from the trends that I see in, in Super Bowl winning quarterbacks or even number one seeds, I mean, these Hall of Fame type of quarterbacks lead the way for me. Yeah, Pritch, I, I'm, I'm close there with you. I would say I am a fan of kind of spreading out your money a little bit, kind of, you know, putting uh, when your chips at different numbers on the roulette table, see if you can just hit a couple of them. But, Pritch, I'm all in on the Tampa Bay Bucks. Okay. I'm going to take Steph's money, who's very <laughs> generous. I'm going to put all 100 on the Bucks plus 160 here, trying to turn, uh, you know, a one unit into 1.6 units and get my 100 back. But yeah. to me, uh, Pritch, there's just a lot to like about Tampa Bay here. You know, you look at their schedule, number one, uh, their opponents from last year, 126, 145, and 1. They're going to play a schedule of opponents with a 465 win percentage from last year. They're 100% vaccinated. They got a great defense. It's Brady in year two. His knee is scoped. He talked about for the first time not having to wear a sleeve and how uh, the sleeve, I, I read a report, Brady saying like, you know, that he's worn the sleeve for years and years. He finally has no pain. When you wear a sleeve, it can hit your, uh, you know, your, your hamstring and your glute and different things like that. I think the sky's the limit. I also think with that division with no Drew Brees, I think they can feast in their division and against their opponents. So I'm going to put it all on Tampa Bay. Pritch, my only thing, I, I like your idea of spreading it around. I never want to bet against Russell Wilson. But here's the thing. Okay. That's a really tough division in that NFC West. So I just think, you know, the Rams, the Seahawks, the 49ers, they're up there in terms of being the number one seed, pretty good odds. 
but I think they're just going to beat up on each other. I think it's going to be just a gauntlet of a division there. So give me the Bucks, give me Brady Pritch. I'm all in. And hey, I got to put my money where my mouth is. So Steph, we're both uh, uh, Pats fans. <laughs> Let's root for Brady here, see if we can get the number one seed. You know, it's not a bad idea if you want to go all in. I mean, going all in on Brady makes sense. Uh, here's a guy in the last two decades, Josh. He made the playoffs 18 times. Now that's just making the playoffs, right? We're talking about the number one seed, and I understand what you said about the division. Russell Wilson and his division, they went 12-4 and four last year, though. Uh, now, we know injuries happen, and certainly, and then you got 13-3 and three from Aaron Rodgers. I just think these Hall of Fame type of quarterbacks lead the way. There's a few outliers that lead the way, but those are outliers. That's why they're outliers. But uh, to me, these quarterbacks that are Hall of Fame guys, uh, they lead the way. They give you a chance each and every Sunday. Pritch, I'm right there with you. And again, the other thing we got to keep an eye out for is basically the lack of a, a two buys, basically. So there's only one right. buy now. And that's going to make even more motivation for these teams. Like if you're in it and you're close and maybe you, you got number two locked up, like what's the point? You can't get number one. Maybe you rest your guys week 17. But I think the fact that there's only one buy for both uh, both conferences, that makes it even more motivation for these teams to get that first buy. And Pritch, did you see Brady, by the way? He had an interview in uh, with the Tampa Bay Times, I think saying something like, uh, you know, 45 was where he wanted to play to. Mm. Now he's saying like 46, 47, 48. I mean, he's feeling good. So let, let's just keep going, Pritch. Yeah. You're way past the quota of Brady references already. Seriously, <laughs> seriously, you said Brady over four and a half. Okay. Yeah, you catch that. Yep. Okay, we we did open up the door for you to walk through it with the Brady references right there because of Tampa Bay, the number one seed in the NFC. How about the AFC? I think it's a little bit more difficult uh, in the AFC. How would you divvy up a hundred dollars, or would you go all in on an AFC team? The Chiefs are plus 140, the Bills plus 350, uh, the Ravens plus 450, the Browns plus 500. Yeah, Pritch. So I think this is a big discrepancy between AFC and NFC. NFC, mm -hmm. to me, I see value on kind of going all in on the Bucks. I think AFC, your strategy of kind of you know spreading your money out to a couple different teams, I think is more of a, a smart move here because I think there is a little more uh, parity or just more possibilities of what could happen here. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to put 50 on the Chiefs. I'm going to put 50 on the Bills. I think it's going to be one of these two teams representing the AFC in the Super Bowl. Start with the Chiefs. You are obviously worried about the Super Bowl hangover. And from our buddy John Ewing, a lot of these – you know, week one stats obviously uh, are not good for Super Bowl hangover teams. The pre the next year, the loser, uh, you know, barely covering, I think like 25% mm -hmm. of the time, you know, losing, I think uh, like 60% of the time. But to me, you got to give the respect where the respect is due. You're Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you, you know, again, you're gonna have to work on this new offensive line. What a great coach, Andy Reid, great home field advantage at Arrowhead. They also have the highest win total in the NFL at 12 and a half. So I think that's a good chance there that, uh, that this team gets back to the, uh, the AFC title game or the Super Bowl. But I think the Bills, I still am super high in the Bills, Pritch. Um, I, I just like the way this team is trending. I like the foundation that Sean McDermott has built there. Kind of a no-nonsense guy that's gotten better every single year. They seem to draft very well, just kind of bringing in your new uh, your new, new recruits, almost like Alabama, uh, every single year. But I just think with Josh Allen getting his big money deal, he can just focus on uh, continuing to progress, continue to get better. Uh, to me, it's between the Bills and the Chiefs. I'll put 50 on each. I'm intrigued a little bit. Ravens, Browns, you know, I was kind of considering them a bit, but I think it's going to be Chiefs or Bills, but Pritch, what would you do with your money here? Well, the, I think the Super Bowl hangover for a Super Bowl loser makes it tough. I mean, just looking at some data uh, this last decade from 2010 to 2020, um, you know, for a team to lose a Super Bowl and get back to a Super Bowl or be a number one seed even, I mean, that's going to be kind of tough. The, the win total for the Chiefs, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, is juice to the under. 
You're correct, Perch. Okay. Yeah, 12 and a half. I think the under is minus 130. So that kind of tells I mean, you, like, this could be 12 and 5 teams, something like that. Yeah, so we got 17 regular season games. What's the number one seed going to do? Who, who could that be in the AFC? That's why I think it's wide open. I like the Bills. Uh, I'll throw $50 on the Bills. Uh, and then I'll throw 25 on the Titans. Uh, the AFC could be wide open this year. I don't know what to do with the other 25, though. Do I add more to the Bills or do I increase my uh, money here with the Titans? Pritch, you put it on the Patriots, 20 to 1. Let's <laughs> okay. go. Mac Jones. Mac yeah, Jones. Wow, what a here. story that would be. Oh, man, that would be unbelievable, Pritch. But, uh, yeah, I like your I like your thought process here. The Titans are interesting to me because what are you going to get from the Colts? You love their defense. But, again, Carson Wentz, you know, is he going to be uh, kind of the quarterback you're expecting him to be? With yeah. Tennessee, they had the COVID stuff. You worry about that a little bit. But, again, kind of the nucleus, I don't think you get much better than, you know, obviously Tampa Bay and, and, the, and the Chiefs here. But when you're Tannehill, Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, to me, in a wide-open division mm-hmm. or a division where you're going to feast on, you know, the, tight, the, uh, the Texans and the Jets. Yep. I could see maybe Tennessee surprising some people. Yeah, I'm looking at the Browns plus 500, and that's $25, but I just can't get there because it's the Browns. I mean, they got <laughs> can't throw $25 on the Browns. I don't know. Uh, my bias is involved in this one, Josh. Uh, Come up next, we're going to get to some rookie props in the National Football League. That's coming up. your payout before the game's out with BetMGM. Place a money line wager on any Thursday night football game and if your team is up by 10 or more points at halftime, you win. That's a full payout for only half the game, no matter what happens the rest of the way. Simply go to your BetMGM account and opt in each week to the Thursday night halftime payout promotion. Want to keep things rolling? Try BetMGM's extensive live betting options in the third quarter or use your winnings to place a one-game parlay on Sunday. New to BetMGM? Download the app and see how you can turn halftime into cash time. Make a money line bet on Thursday night, and if your team is up by 10 or more, you'll win that half. Only at BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Opt-in required. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be at least 21. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem. 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Welcome back to the program. It's Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum with you today. So, Josh, we got these odds for rookies uh, coming up this year. And, you know, we've talked about them before, but I'm curious about this prices and curious about your thoughts on these two. So most rookie passing yards, Trevor Lawrence, still at minus 140. Now, I did see an improvement with Trevor. It, it looks like he's learning off a of tape. You know, he had the bad outing and then came back against the Cowboys, played decent football in the preseason. Zach Wilson, plus 200 light years away uh, or ahead of everybody in terms of steady habits. We know the story there. And then Mac Jones, uh, plus 200. I don't know if he can get there in terms of most passing yards, though. 
Yeah, Pritch, this is an interesting list. I think, you know, obviously Trevor Lawrence, number one pick coming from Clemson. Uh, I think for the good reason, he is the favorite to win this, uh, you know, award here, most passing yards. Mm -hmm. I just don't know if I see a ton of value laying a minus 140 in a situation that could be uh, really up and down here. What kind of coaching is he going to get? What does supporting cast look like? Zach Wilson to me and Mac Jones are a little bit more intriguing. With Zach Wilson, this is a guy that's really picked things up quickly. Uh, Looks like the Jets may have finally found a quarterback. You've been waiting kind of since Mark Sanchez when he had that kind of decent run there. Uh, in the early part of the decade, but Pritch, I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to sound like a homer. I like Mac Jones here, you know, t- uh, plus 200. I think he's in the best spot overall of all these quarterbacks you're looking at. Number one, he's getting great coaching from Belichick, but really Josh McDaniels. You know, one thing I noticed when I went to training camp uh, at the at that time, it was still Mac Jones. Right. It was still uh, Mac Jones competing with Cam Newton. But really, Mac Jones was at the hip of Josh McDaniels and really kind of working with him. And now that Cam is out of the way, I don't think you have that looming big presence. I think Mac Jones can really focus on, uh, you know, working with the offense. I think his, his off, he has the best offensive line of any of these quarterbacks listed here. He probably has the best running game. You know, his weapons, wide receiver, the jury's out. I like Jacoby Myers quite a bit. What's Aguilar going to be? Nikhil Harry, who knows? Uh, but tight ends, hopefully Hen- uh, Henry, uh, Hunter Henry and John w. Smith stay healthy here. I just think he's in the best position when you put it all together and they can get back to their playbook when Brady was there five wide split it out get the ball out quick if you can keep doing that you know it's like a, you know a thousand paper cuts in a row Pritch that's <laughs> kind of the way you're looking with Mac Jones I'd put it on Mac Jones uh, you know two to one here I think there's value and he's in the best situation of all the players listed here. okay is that offense the way that you know it Josh is that going to give him the opportunity <laughs> Uh, to get up there with passing yards. I mean, Zach Wilson, he's going to be throwing it all over the place. We know that. Trevor Lawrence, maybe not so much. Uh, a lot of passes around the line of scrimmage. Zach Wilson, that pure pocket passer, though, uh, I would imagine he's going to have a lot of opportunities, a wealth of opportunities. Justin Fields, when he gets on the field, uh, I wonder what that offense is going to be like, too. I, I just, I'm looking at Tom Brady, his first five years. He didn't go over 4,000 yards until his fifth year in that offense, 2005. So he had 41-10. Uh, that year. Yeah, great point by you, Pritch. I would say, though, the NFL definitely different now. You definitely, know, back then yeah. it was, uh, yeah, with the Colts. Remember those Patriots-Colts battles where, uh, who was it, the uh, Polian or someone, he had the rule change where Ty Law and, you know, all these Patriots guys would, would mm-hmm. grab all the receivers and they kind of changed the rules a little bit. So maybe today's NFL is much easier for these rookie quarterbacks. But you're right. You know, I don't think this is going to be the 07 Patriots, but I do think, you know, one part of the of releasing Cam and going with Mac is it opens the playbook up quite a bit. And you can do more things and I think be a little bit more inventive get the ball out quicker that's what you're looking at you know good point with you with zach wilson i think they're going to be down in a lot of games he's going to have a lot of second half so he's probably going to be throwing the ball quite a bit justin fields is interesting but mm-hmm. i don't know uh, if 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 it's kind of the you know stick with with dalton too long is he gonna have enough games <laughs> to kind of win this award that's what i worry about right and then pritch i would just mention um i just saw on twitter that jimmy g was named a captain for the san francisco 49ers so well trey lance when do we expect him looks like jimmy g is going to start the year what we thought was going to happen uh so i'd still lean mac here but i could definitely be uh you know persuaded maybe zach wilson is worth a look as well yeah see that's how it's supposed to work quarterback named captain Uh, Right there. So most rookie receiving yards, Um, Jamar Chase plus 225. He's had the drops throughout preseason, Uh, has not really worked with Burrow either. I mean, in a game situation anyway. Um, Kyle Pitts, I like this one, plus 400. Uh, Devonta Smith, uh, 500 plus 500. Uh, Jalen Waddell plus 550. Anybody else stand out to you, Josh? 
Yeah, so obviously a couple things going on with each player. Chase obviously is the favorite, but again, he's had some drop issues here, but he does have that connection with Joe Burrow. He's the favorite, probably where he should be, but I don't see a ton of value there. Devonta Smith, injury concerns. Jalen Waddle, he's got Tua throwing to him, not really a you know an air raid type QB where you can rack mm-hmm. up. He's going to need yards after the catch if he's going to win this award. But, Rich, I'm with you. Kyle Pitts, plus 400. I think that's, uh, to me, the most valuable play on the board just because he's a matchup nightmare. You know, as a tight end, what are you going to do with him? Are are you going to double him? Are you going to put a, a little uh, defensive back on him? Are you going to put a big guy who's too slow on him? I think that's where I would go uh, just in terms of height, weight, speed, and being really tough to match up against and veteran quarterback. You know, uh, obviously with Matt Ryan, mm-hmm. he knows how to get the ball to his, to his weapons here. And I think he kind of died and went to heaven, adding Kyle Pitts as a weapon here, you know, losing uh, obviously Julio Jones, but bringing in Pitts. I could see him being a great red zone target over the middle type guy. If you're making me bet this one, I'm going Pitts plus 400. To me, that's the most valuable play. I'm starting to really like uh, uh, Atlanta's offense, Josh. I mean, on paper anyway, because of Matt Ryan, Matty Ice. uh, But yet Calvin Ridley, uh, his receiving yards total is up there. You got uh, Kyle Pitts, who's an incredible athlete. uh, Because is he going to play tight end or not? I don't know. You got Hayden Hurst, who can play tight end, a true tight end position. Uh, So this guy, you can put him all over the field and create your own matchups when it comes to Kyle Pitts. Yeah, I think it's a great point. You know, I'll, I'll throw out a name that, you know, doesn't have great connotation anymore, but the Gronk and Aaron Hernandez combo back mm-hmm. in the day, Pritch. If you can have both these guys on the field at the same time, kind of play off each other. One's, you know, the X, the Z. I'm the, you know, I'm no, I'm no Michael Lombardi with the terminology here, but I just know that when you get two big targets there over the middle, they can play off each other. Hurst is interesting because yeah. I was looking at some of his prop bets. He could kind of be a buy-low guy where maybe Pitts gets more attention this year. Hurst uh, and Michael Lombardi had mentioned how losing him from the Ravens kind of really hurt that that team overall. But I'm with you. You know, mm-hmm. Pitts, to me, is the go-to guy in this spot. And getting plus 400 seems like a good number, in my opinion. Y or H back? There you go. When do you want to flex there out? Go. There you go. So impress Lombardi with that next time. Y or H back? <laughs> I'm writing it down, Brent, just yes. so I don't yep, forget. There you go. Okay, how about um, most rookie rushing yards, uh, Josh? Uh, Najee Harris, he's minus 225. Um, Javante Williams, plus 350, who I think he's going to be a starter in Denver uh, sooner than later. Trey Sermon, plus 900, which is interesting. Uh, Michael Carter as well, 10 to 1 right here on the board. Yeah, I think Najee Harris to me is the play I would go with. You know, I don't love laying a minus 225, a minus number on a prop bet just because it's kind of wide open. There could be a guy that surprises you. We do know, you know, Ramondre Stevenson has been great in the preseason, although I did see he had a either hyperextended or he hurt his thumb. He's kind of questionable for the opener right now. We'll have to see about that. Yeah. Um, but to me, it, Harris looks really good. And I think this is a guy that if you look at all of his reps with the first team, you know, we have question marks with that offensive line in Pittsburgh, but he's really been the go-to guy. And I think uh, he could really have a good year just in general um but one guy i'll throw at you pritch is trey sermon plus Mm -hmm. 900 what if he kind of takes over as that lead back you know from ohio state if he gets a lot of playing time and you know pretty good offensive line there in san fran maybe at some point jimmy g gets hurt or it's uh or it's lance there you can kind of uh have two mobile guys there in the backfield sermon intrigues me nine to one i don't know if he's going to win this award but i like that number quite a bit but what, what have you seen so far from Javante Williams, Pritch? You know, this is a guy, again, who lit it up in college. Mm-hmm. Could he be the go-to guy with this award? Yes, <laughs> he is really good. Um, watched him in college, certainly. I thought he was great. Uh, and he went to the perfect team, the perfect situation. Uh, the Denver Broncos offensive line is starting to come on. And Mike Munchak, Hall of Famer as a player and now as a coach, I mean, this guy is doing wonders out there with Denver and the offensive line. And they've drafted well. 
Uh, they've assembled enough talent, and they got the quarterback, too. Uh, to help orchestrate everything. I mean, Steady Teddy's not going to turn the ball over, uh, and you got a defensive-minded head coach. And what does that mean, Josh? That means they want to see you run the football. Uh, and so if Williams is in there enough, I, I think he could give uh, Najee Harris a run for his money here. Yeah, I think he could too, Pritch. And it's funny, you know, you're looking at this list. We got some quarterbacks on here. You got Trey Lance on here. You got Justin Fields on here. What's that telling you? If these guys get some action, you know, they could light it up. Remember when RG3, his rookie year, before he got hurt there in that playoff game, I think he was, you know, a huge running quarterback. Obviously, Lamar Jackson, we've seen this before. Harris, to me, is the chalky play. Again, yeah. I don't love laying a minus 225, but I think when we look back on this award, it'll be like, you know, should he have been minus 400? I just think he's really light years above these guys. The number, the value with Javante Williams, mm -hmm. right there with you, Pritch, with the plus money payout. But again, it's kind of rare you see minus numbers with these prop bets. Tells me that, you know, Najee Harris uh, is kind of head and shoulders above everyone yeah, else. I'd ask the books, okay, who, which offensive line is better, Pittsburgh Steelers or the Denver Broncos? Probably Broncos there, Pritch, right? <laughs> so Obviously, with this, Steelers yeah, with their right? issues. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, uh, the running back position is so predicated on the offensive line. I mean, we get it. We, we marvel at it. But, you know, nobody's Barry Sanders out there anymore. Good point. I would say, though, too, Pritch, Melvin Gordon, is he still technically the starter? Is there a situation mm -hmm. where Harris gets all the carries and, you know, you got to split with uh, with Williams yeah. and, uh, and, and Gordon? I'm not sure about that. But I, I don't know if you have any insight. If you can dial up your, your Denver Broncos line there. I think he's pushing them. That's, that's an insight. I think he's pushing them. Ooh, I like that, Bridge. <laughs> I would say, too, let me throw something at you real quick. Yeah. Uh, the full injury report just came out for tomorrow night. Godwin, full participant, good to go. Everyone on the Cowboys is good to go. The only out person who uh, is inactive uh, is Whitehead. That's safety there for Tampa Bay. So okay. Godwin is good, is ready to roll here. Yeah, so Godwin had a vet day pretty much uh, limited in practice uh, the, the other day. So now ready to go. So that's good news there for Tampa. Uh, that first hour flew by. We have Adam Burke coming up uh, on the program. Cannot wait to get his insight. Sports betting analyst, an outstanding one. Uh, Adam Burke's coming up next.